The following is not legal advice coming from an attorney. Nothing more than a father speaking from his own experience. Should you need actual legal advice, contact an attorney. It's time for another episode of The Father's Truth. The show where real men band together, stand up for father's rights, and bring the father's truth out of the darkness, out of the darkness, and in to the light. Giving fathers a voice everywhere. A broadcast brought to you by the Father's Lives Matter Network. Here's your host, Alan Donovan. All right. Good evening, everyone. I am Alan Donovan, host of The Father's Truth, and I want to welcome everyone to episode one of season two. That's right. We're on season two already. So tonight on the podcast, we've got Cody Christensen. He's the father of two from Utah that is going to tell his tell us his story. But first, do you guys like apparel? I love apparel. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, tonight's episode being sponsored by American Owned Apparel. It's an American clothing company designed to support the American economy. Now, you don't hear that very often anymore. Most of the time in these places, they get uh, all their clothing from overseas, but not American-owned. All their clothing is made in the U.S., and they support the U.S. economy. And they also offer free shipping, so if you want to check them out, go to AmericanOwnedApparel.com. All right, so let's get right into the episode. I see Cody in the bottom waiting. Let's get him in here. So we're just waiting on Cody. He'll be in in just a second. Hey, brother. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really good to myself. Let me just turn this up. There we go. So what's going on, brother? Not much tonight, man. Just been waiting for this. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Um, I like the fact that you reached out. So you're from Utah. You have two little ones, and you've got a story to tell us. What's going on exactly? You know, see, I, I want to emphasize that I'm aware that I've got what most dads want. I've got 50-50. Um, I went through hell to get it for unnecessary. But what, like today, Utah, just that there was a Senate bill that actually passed the Senate and the House unanimously today in Utah for a presumed 50-50 but there's it's not equal um when i in my case i had the evaluator tell me if if the roles were completely reversed i would have been looked at as a deadbeat dad lucky to get two weekends in a row so even though before it was presumed 60 40 there's still nobody held accountable to when things the situation changes to give dads that fair treatment that a mom would have got she yeah. told me the mom would have got it and then she came back with a 50-50 recommendation. And you can't touch evaluators. They're not held accountable to anybody. They're licensed nothing. Well, you know, and it kind of seems like all over the country we see this time and time again where, you know, no matter what the dad does, he can be, you know, absolutely the best parent and put forth the best evidence, best record. No matter what the case is, they're always going to side with mom for whatever reason. And I don't know why that is, but that's what they do. Um, to the point where I was told that I was perceiving all the lies wrong. They weren't, she didn't mean them as lies. I was perceiving them wrong. Um, <laughs> it, it, a good example, she wrote in financial declarations, she was paying X amount of dollars a month for child education. 
it was actually that was the amount she paid the entire year. She paid the total of $80 for the entire year. And, and the evaluator told me, you're perceiving how she meant that wrong. I said, it, it says right there, how much a month? $80. But she told me I was wrong. I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. You know, being a father, our opinion is never the right one, even when we have undeniable proof that it is. Yeah. Um, notarized drug test results. I mean, I had everything. And that's what... Police so report. so when did this all when did this all start? It started September 2018. And we 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 had a 50-50. Um I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. We 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 divorced in 2015. She moved in with my mom, which was awkward as hell, if you could imagine. I kind of tolerated it because her family was from out of out of town. So she didn't really have a bunch of people. It was better for my kids when they were with her. For 35 months, she ended up living with my mom while I paid all her bills and paid. We, we made an agreement that I would pay 100% of every child cost, doctor, dentist, school. I, I took care of everything, every recreational cost. Um, we'll find that, you know, 35 months was long enough that she got to live with my mom. I, I, she 35 my, months. Yeah, almost three wow. years. Yeah, and I, and I paid her rent all but four of those months. Finally, I'm like, I was trying to get her out. And she told me straight up, I'm not leaving until your mom tells me I have to. But uh, so then my mom kicked her out, and that's when she got bitter. You know, she started a custody battle, and the shit that she came up with, it was bizarre. <laughs> you know, and a lot of times I wonder if there is some kind of playbook for mothers in this situation because I've been doing this for five years now and I've talked to fathers all around the world and you know they all tell me the very same story I mean obviously the details differ you know from father to father but overall it's the same story and you know the things that I hear that these mothers come up with to go after these dads it's just it's absolutely fucking mind-blowing yeah I'm just like wow you know, who thought that up because after she got kicked out, she moved in with one of her friends who did the same shit to her ex-husband, you know, which is a friend of mine, too. So it, it was we talked, and it's like, man, it's like they have a playbook of what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think at this point, I think that there is some kind of playbook, you know, that is distributed among themselves, you know, that just has a checkmark for everything they do. Because it seems like, you know, most all of them follow the same pattern throughout yeah. it. Yeah, but you know, I, I tried even after, with against my better judgment, going into settlement just to try to be civil. Um, and really, I didn't want to deal with the courts as much as possible because I didn't, felt like I was getting in a worse situation the further into court it got. So I offered a settlement and in settlement a fifty-fifty, and and she refused to take it because, in her own words. She deserves more time because she's the mom. And that's what I told her. I said, fuck that. You know, act like it. You haven't been the mom for their entire life. Start acting like it. You know? Wow. And so how long, how long did your fight go on for? 18 months before we, we settled in after the custody evaluation. 18 uh, months, man. Yeah. And I mean, and that was to the, uh, to the other day, but I'll give you it's not over, you know, just because there's court paper signed, it's not over. I'm supposed to be getting my insurance premiums that I've yet to receive from 
from February. Now, so, does she pay you child support as well? No, I pay her child support. You pay? Yeah. 50-50, and I'm still paying her child support. Wow. Plus, See, she, puts it, 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 she puts it into our court papers that she will not have to pay any of our daughter's recreational activities. Like, who the hell does that? Man. You know, that, that's one of the things that pisses me off. You would think if you have 50-50 custody, you know, both parents have an equal share, both parents should be paying an equal amount. You know, and generally that would be, you know, what you pay when they're with you and what she pays when they're with her. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason at all that you should be paying everything. <laughs> no, no. She, she just got a really nice Cadillac the other day, though. Oh, of course, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I see how that goes. Jeez. And that's where, now, you know, I think, go ahead, sorry. So when this was going on, did you have any of the typical stuff thrown at you, like restraining orders and allegations of abuse or anything that's like that? The, that's the one thing that I didn't get. And fortunately, you know, I've been, we've all known plenty of dads that have had that happen. Um, so I, I never would talk to her in person at all. Anytime there was an exchange where we had to pick up the kids, I always took somebody with me. I always had it recorded the whole time. Um, I have a, I, I installed a ring doorbell for that reason anytime she came to my house. So I, I think she knows that she was always on camera anytime we were anywhere near each other. But that's the one thing that... And I, I don't think it would have been her that would do it. I think it would be her scumbag attorney. I think that's no. one of the biggest problems, what he would tell her to do it. Well, see, and, and you did it smart. You know, a lot of dads, when they get into this kind of situation, they kind of freak out and they lose it. And they don't think about all this peripheral stuff. You know, they don't think to document everything. They don't think about filming when they're going to drop-offs and pickups or even having somebody with them because, you know, you've got somebody else's word that can say, well, you know, that's not what happened. This is what actually happened. You know, and I know way too many dads that have gotten into situations because they didn't do any of that stuff. You know, they went to a pickup, you know, maybe there was words exchanged, whatever the case may be. And then the mother turns around and calls the cops. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, the police automatically side with the mother and the father is just fucked. There's nothing that he can do. You know, his word doesn't mean shit in that kind of no. situation. So you played it well. Good job. Yeah. The, another, one thing about that, I had police reports of her leaving our kids out in the car and shit, like parked at gas stations or at 7.14 or 7.31 on February 14th. And, and she, our five-year-old's left sitting in the car out in the, in the driveway at a friend's house for 11 minutes that I was on the phone with him, which, which I talked to a lady that works for DCFS, and she's like, that should have been charges pressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, evaluator ignored all that shit she couldn't have cared any less about that she had all that the cops had all that i i had a i pressed the or filed the report so let me ask you this what did the cops say when you when you put that to them when you called in about he, stuff he, like he that? told me that i should file the charge there was um shortly before that there was something a kid pretty much being to me that's neglect that's child neglect um and, and a kid had died just recently not the same situation but a neglectful situation so he said that it was the right thing to do to file the charge and he would uh, provide it to the prosecuting attorney and stuff and nothing ever comes of it. You know, they didn't. But, 
which I didn't think it would there, but I thought it should have mattered with the custody evaluator. Oh, it should have absolutely. The, the custody evaluator, she didn't even know who the hell was who was showing up to the meetings. I showed up with the kids. She's like, "Why'd you bring the kids?" And you told me to. And she argued with me till I told her, "Go back and check your emails." She's like, "Oh yeah, I did tell you to do that." She had no idea what the hell was going on. Wow. Well, you know, and it's crazy. Some of the people that they put into these roles in family court, whether, you know, it's the judge themselves, you know, evaluators, gals, so many of these people, they don't have any kind of formal training with situations like that. They just kind of find themselves in this role. And the other thing that really pisses me off is a lot of these people aren't even parents themselves. They don't have kids, yet here they are deciding your fate as to whether or not you can be in your children's lives. And that's bullshit, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think there should somehow be some checks and balances, and that's kind of why I wanted to come on to bring attention to that, because they're, they're ultimately making the decision, which my attorney told me that she recommended a 50-50. You will not get a judge to change that. Um, and that's a big decision to be making for kids' lives. And, oh, and there's, no, there's no accountability to it. There's yeah. the only way in the state of Utah their license can even be reviewed is if a judge orders it. But they're all buddies. The judge isn't going to yeah. say, go review my friend's business license. Yeah. So. Well, and the other part of it that a lot of people don't know is, you know, they're all working together. It's yeah. all part of the same system. You know, when you pay your child support, the court gets a kickback from the federal government for your child support. Yeah. You know, and there's, I looked it up a couple of weeks ago. I got into this debate online with somebody and I, I was trying to explain this to them and they're like, no, that's not how it works. I said, yeah, it is. You can go to the actual website. It's under uh, title IVD four under the social security administration umbrella. And you can look it up and it straight out tells you that, you know, for every child support enforcement case on the docket, that court gets a kickback from the federal government. And on top of that, they also get a kickback if a certain percentage of the support cases are in good standing, if everything is good. There's like five different bonuses mm -hmm. that they can get. So in my opinion, you know, it's never been about what's best for the child. It's what's in the best interest of the court. What gets the court the most money? If any private business was ran the way family court is, they would all go to prison. Everyone oh, absolutely. Would go to absolutely. Prison. I mean, when you look at it, family court is basically, it's racketeering. It's a, it's a recall. It there would be recall actions against them. Yeah. And, you know, and you look at child support and, you know, it's basically you are paying money to be able to spend time with your kids. You're paying money to see your kids. And what, you know, what is that commonly called? It's a hostage. Your kids are hostages. Yeah. You know, and you're having to pay this fee to be able to see them, to be able to spend time with them. The, the courts are ultimately pimping the, your own kids out to you. Um, yep. You know, in a sense that meant well, but which imagine if I didn't, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I haven't got my insurance premiums. What if I didn't pay insurance? What would happen or pay child support? What would happen to me? Yeah. You know, there's. Well, I mean, you know, realistically, nothing would happen to her, but you, You'd but be nothing, in a whole nothing deep has. This shit. isn't her first. This isn't her, the first time that in less than a year. This is probably at least her fifth time that she's she's just doesn't give a shit what the order says. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just just marking. You know, I'm just documenting, documenting them, and 
you know, and, and really that's all you can do at the, yeah. at the end of the day, as much as it sucks. And I tell fathers this all the time when I work with them, you know, you got to become a sleuth. You got to be able to write everything down and it doesn't matter how stupid it sounds yeah. you know, or how unimportant it sounds. Because as it turns out, most of the time, it's those things that you thought that were not important end up being, you know, the deciding factor a lot of times. So, I mean, you have to write absolutely everything down and it's amazing how many dads, you know, don't even think about doing that. Yeah. Which like I say, man, I can't imagine how it still blows my mind that I didn't get what I felt like I should have gotten what my kids should have got. Cause it's still a struggle. They're, they're not happy kids um, for a week at a time in their lives. They're not the same yeah. kids. Well, I've, I, it's, I've it's had tough. the teachers tell me that even at their school, tell me that, but, I mean, even the difference in what was like, I'll give you an example. I'm the co or the vice chair of my kid's school community council. I'm an active member of the PTA. I don't just pay the $7 and get the discount card. I actually participate in the stuff. And I, I'm the football coach. I'm the, I was the dance dad for my daughter's competition dance team. The only dad to my knowledge of the dance studio that's ever been asked to do that. That tells you the difference in involvement in our kids' lives when the dad's being asked to be the dance dad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you tell me if, if you know, all that shit added up, it got me 50-50. I feel like if I wouldn't have done just one of those things, which would have got, roles reversed would have got me, I would have got nothing. Oh, if she, was, yeah. if no, she did all that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all important. The documents, the... I wouldn't communicate if it wasn't in text message. You know, I, yeah. so I had. But. Well, and that's, you know, that's another thing that I tell fathers is, you know, obviously you're going to have to talk to her. You know, there's just no way around it. But, you know, when you do talk to her, don't ever talk to her in person or on the phone. Talk to her via emails or text because then you have a written record yeah. of what was said. Because a lot of guys make the mistake of thinking that they can just have a, a conversation and then they can turn around and go to court and say, well, judge, she said, you know, the judge is going to laugh at him and tell him it's all hearsay because it comes down to the he said, she said argument. Yep. And that's, and that's that, that never works. I put in that ring doorbell because we had a conversation. She, she claimed that I was, uh, I'm trying to think, I, I was a danger to the kids or something. I, I can't remember what it was, but uh, so we stood out on my front porch one time and I was being recorded and I asked, I'm like, you know, why the hell would you even say, you know, do you really think I'm a danger to these kids? You know, she's like, no, I don't think you are at all. You know, I'm like, okay, good to know. You know, I told her then I'm like, well, thanks for, <laughs> so yeah, it, it yeah. matters just it, to debunk all their lies. Yeah. So what, what do you think is in your future for this? Are you going to keep fighting and go for full custody? Yeah, absolutely. I am. I, I will never stop till I feel like my kids get what's best for them. I can't do anything for two years unless there's like major, major changes. Uh, two more years. It's a, three years you have to wait is, is what my attorney told me. And, but yeah, I, I will continue to pursue what I truly believe is best for my kids, for their happiness, for emotionally, um, literally in every way possible. My kids are, I think, better off. And... I mean, now, what uh, what was your experience with your attorney? Did you have a, a good attorney that actually gave a shit? I have. A, I I think he was a very honest attorney. Um, I my complaint would be with my attorney is I don't think he was aggressive enough for me. He was very reactive, so I was always having to defend myself. 
um, which I, I don't think helped at all. Uh, I like to believe that he knows a hell of a lot more than I do and, and trust that he did it the best. But I do think he at least was an honest attorney. He, he told me, you know, we can continue pushing this and you'll pay me 15,000 more dollars. And it's very likely you still come out with the 50, 50. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really unfortunate, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you had an honest attorney, you know, cause a lot of dads, you know, they go out and they get dads have a habit of when something like this happens and they find themselves in family court, they end up usually getting the first attorney that they can find. It's like, they just look through the yellow pages and just check that one. And it seems like the attorneys always end up being not worth a shit. They don't want to do their job. They want to do what they want. They don't want to do what you want, you know, and they don't work. That's the biggest thing. I, I hired an attorney first and she was like, just let her do this. Just let her, I'm like, bullshit. Those are my days. I'm not just letting her do this, you know? And so I ended up getting rid of her and, and took a recommendation. And I, I was, you know, like I say, I, I think he, I trust that he, I just wish he was more aggressive. You know, he was at least honest, though. So as this goes forward in the next two years, when you take this back up again, are you going to use him? Are you going to go pro se? Um, I don't know for sure yet. There's, I've been doing quite a bit of research on some others. Um, so I don't, I don't know yet. Yeah, you know, that's always a tough decision when you're faced with that because, I mean, it is the life of your kids. It is. You know, you are essentially taking, you know, their life, their well-being, their happiness in your hand when and you're making those decisions. And one of the, what I want to do, and I, I've i heard so many mixed things, and it, I think a lot of it's, you know, just chance of who you get. I want my kids to have more of a word and, uh, with a gal, which I thought they would with an evaluator, but... Yeah, I mean, my kids told the evaluator. We walked into the evaluator the first time my kids came, and my kid, my she asked my son, "Do you have any questions?" He looked at her. He said, "No, I just want to go live with my dad." You know, it was like there was never any question. Um, and but she, so you know, she didn't care anything. But which he's young, and so I can understand her not just saying, "Oh, okay, you get to." But when everything else came into play, it should have been a no-brainer. So. I think a gal, you know, I'd like to have them, their voice heard more. However, I can do that. That's, yeah. I, I, I spoke with a couple of legislatures, legislators and about this, this bill that just got passed today through the house. Um, and that's what I tried. My voice was, they need to take in Utah. They have, they'll listen to them, put more weight into what they have to say when they're 14. And that's why I said, the, these kids have more of an understanding way before 14 in, in a lot of cases Oh, absolutely like, like it's worded right now a cognitive understanding of a situation which you, there's my my daughter's very well aware of, she's got a cognitive understanding you know i mean she's a very savvy kid but so it doesn't really matter what legislation passes how does it get you know people get held to it is what i think you know and, the, and that's always been my thought you know, most of these states, like where I'm at, it's uh, 13, I want to say, when a, a child can speak for themselves. But, you know, realistically, when you look at it, 
by the time they are 13, a large majority of the damage has already been done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it's they've been alienated from their father, they've been coached, whatever the case may be, you know, that damage is already done. And a lot of times it's almost damn near impossible to, you know, to heal, to get that yeah. damage undone. And I, I really think that they should base it more on a child's cognitive ability, because I know plenty of, you know, five and six year olds that are really intelligent. They my, can absolutely my, my speak for themselves. Son was five when this started, and and you know it was anybody that would talk to him, that would listen to him, knew. Yeah. That, that's the problem. So the, the people that are paid to listen to him won't listen to him. Oh yeah, they they disre they disregard their opinion. You know, they disregard anything they have to say because they're a kid, and you know they don't. You know, and so here's something that really kind of blows me away. And I was thinking about this earlier today. You have this kind of situation that we're talking about right here where the courts simply will not listen to anybody under whatever that age is for any particular state. But on the flip side, you have these circumstances where, you know, they're trying to push so a young child can basically say, you know, I was born a boy, but I'm a girl. Right. Or I was born a girl, but I'm a boy. And they're willing to listen to that and they're willing to acquiesce to what their requests are. And it just kind of blows me away that, you know, that's okay, but a child talking about wanting to be with their father is not okay. Not even just the fact that it's, this is where I'm happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take father, mother, no matter what, out. this is where I'm happy. This is where I'm better off, you know? And, and I mean, I, my kids still share bedrooms there and they're getting, they're opposite sexes. They're getting to the age they shouldn't be. Um, in my opinion, and they, I mean, all of it, none of it mattered. Yeah. And well, it's just, it just kind of seems like it's, you know, whatever, whatever the mom wants and that's it. Well, and I think it's, like I say, I think the value, there's got to be some sort of, uh, evaluators. There's got to be something, some attention brought to that because, she, I don't think she did anything. I don't think she looked at anything. I think she started the process saying, unless this guy's just a complete piece of shit, I'm going to end it at a 50-50 and never touched it again. There was phone calls that were supposed to be made on September 3rd that got made on January or on February 28th, the day before we went into settlement conference. She, wow. wasn't doing, she wasn't doing her job. You know what I mean? She should have had her settlement done, her decision done before the day before we showed up. And she was still making phone calls that were scheduled for six months prior. Now, is there is there any kind of recourse that you can no, take no, towards her for not no. doing her job? The only way, according to the, the Utah State Licensing Division, that they can have any recourse is if a judge subpoenas an investigation into them. But they're not going to. And that's what the, these people are – they get to make these decisions for kids' lives. Um. They ha they don't have to provide any proof of you know just pull shit out of thin air. Yeah, they don't face any repercussions, so they're basically going to do whatever that they whatever and, they want. And that's a lot of the reason I want to be because I, I don't hear that mentioned in and in all these. You know, it's always the judges, the attorneys, the moms, and there's that evaluator portion of it that, in a lot of cases, I think gets left out, and that's exactly where everything was ignored in my in my situation
So, so let's go back to the evaluator. What all was the evaluator supposed to do she from the get-go? Evaluate, I mean, entire living conditions. Like she came, she spent three hours at my house hanging out with, you know, she spoke with me and my girlfriend. And then we had to leave and she sat and talked to my kids. Then she hung out with all of us. Um, and I don't know 100% how it went. She was supposed to do that at their house or their condo at the time too. Um, I don't ask my kids questions about that, but my kids, like I'm their person. They always come to me. They ask me, like, you know, why is this? Why the big one I get asked all the time is why can't we live with you still? Um, but they asked me, they says, why, why was she so here so much longer than she was at my mom's? You know, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know what she did at your mom. She said, we just hung out and I did gymnastics and she just hung out for maybe like an hour while we played. Like we sat at my kitchen table and got grilled for an hour and a half, me and my girlfriend. That's when she told me. I told her, I says, you know, if all this was completely reversed, you, the judges, the attorneys, everybody involved in this would look at me as a deadbeat dad, and I would be lucky to get two week two weekends a month. And she said, you're you're right. And I'm like, like wow. you, you admit this, but then I, she just didn't do anything. I don't think she literally did anything. I had a teacher write an evaluation, talked about how much our, our son would regress, um, the times that he was with his mom, how it was all, she could tell who he had stayed with the night before when he got to school that morning. Um, how, and this is a teacher of two years um, that she actually signed him up with. So it wasn't like somebody I knew and how it, he, she, in her opinion, in what she's seen in two years, he's much better off being in, raised in the home with his dad. Uh, if, if one teacher would have wrote that for her case would have been over. You know what I mean? Like the principal, the, I had the principal. That was one of my character references, the principal of the school. Like, and no, that didn't even no, sway any, anything. No. I, I got me a 50 50. I, I got me a 50. So, what if I didn't have all that? You know what I mean? Yeah. If I, if I didn't have all that, I would have been much worse off. So, what's your, what's your summer visitation like now? Do you get the standard? Do you get the kids for one month during the summer? Two weeks. We each get two two inter uninterrupted weeks. That's we, it. We, we we keep the week on week off schedule, and then and we each get wow. two uninterrupted weeks. That's crazy. Um, which I never even would have fought for. You know what I mean? Like, I I liked it before when we just kind of worked with each other. We we went for. Yeah. From from 2015, when our divorce was finalized, until uh, 2018, when my mom finally told her she had to move out of her house, um, we we never went through the courts. We did all the paperwork ourselves, very civil. Um, I, it worked out good. You know, we never had problems. And, and then as soon as she got told, you got to go be an adult. You got so, and that's in. what you think kicked it off? Yep, yep. And, well, so, and let me ask right you after this, that, you... I bought a house. My girlfriend moved in with me. My kids loved the house. You know, there's schools in our backyard. Neighborhood kid, they they had what every kid should have. Mm -hmm. You know, the neighborhood kid. Some of my best memories are with the neighborhood kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they had never really had because after the divorce, I had rented multiple, so they had never really had a home. I I, I got that. I provided that for them, and that. 
she seen what it was, you know, the kids were happy. She, and she wasn't the one making them happy. And it's much easier to say, I'm a mom, I deserve more. And I'm going to have the courts give it to me than it is to put forth the effort and earn it. Like I had, yeah. you know, like to say, well, you I, know, and that's, that's kind of the way society rolls these days. I mean, every time I get on social media, I see it, especially on Instagram, you know, mothers wanting to be rewarded for being a mother. I mean, it's your job. You're supposed to be a mother. You shouldn't be getting any rewards for doing what you're supposed to do. Right. I, I yet, shouldn't have to pay her to that's be a society. mother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's society. We have enabled mothers. We have put single mothers on a pedestal, and we have glorified them. And the ones that are suffering are the kids. Yep. Absolutely, 100%. And, and I believe 100%. That's a direct result of why our society is as screwed up as it is right now. And they're yep, still well, trying to pass stuff that where now mothers can just get paid to stay home because of the pandemic. Like, I what saw about that. me? Why can't I? I have 50-50 custody. Why can't I stay home? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think that's part of the whole thing where, you know, like I was just saying how society glorifies mothers. But at the same time, you know, there's this attempt to disenfranchise fathers. It used to be a subtle attempt, but I mean, it's very much out in the open. And you have Target on Father's Day, you know, selling merchandise that is, you know, I saw it uh, a couple of years ago. It said For Father's Day, but then, it, yeah, but then it had the father scratched out and it had mom written above it. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I see this really? all the time that for all the single moms that do both, you know. Yeah. Happy, happy Father's Day for all the moms that do both. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Or or fathers, when they have their kids a lot, get referred to as their babysitting. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. That's my kid. I'm not babysitting my kid. I, I'm being yeah. a parent to that kid. I'm not. But you're doing what you're supposed to yeah. be doing. Yeah. We're all doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're not seeking to be glorified for doing that. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a sad state of, of affairs for society. Cause I mean, if you look at the statistics, I was looking this up a couple of weeks ago, we're getting to the point where we have the first two generations that are now coming into adulthood or are already adults that were raised in single family homes or single parent homes. And the only parent was the mother. And if you go through and you look at everything, teen pregnancy, drug use, alcoholism, crime, all this stuff, suicide, it's off the charts. I, I, I was raised in a home with a single mother. I was a shithead. You know what I mean? Yep. What, what I got when I was 16, I moved in and lived with my uncle and had that father figure for those last couple of years of my, you know, before I turned 18 and moved out. And, um, it makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to have that male figure in your life that you know is not going to put up with your shit because a lot of moms out there i grew up you know i was raised by a single mom and you know god bless her soul i love her to death but it was very easy to get away with whatever i wanted to yeah and, and my mom tried hard as hell she just what could she do you know what i mean and there's yeah. just a different there's just a different way dads can handle the situations they're they both have their roles and are both needed um equally but they need they need to pull their equal weight too yeah exactly yes. you know and one shouldn't be placed above the other no. 
you know, in this hierarchy. That's one of the things that pisses me off the most is when you walk into family court, if you're a father and you walk through those doors, you have a target on your back and you have to jump through so many goddamn hoops. But if you're a mother, you walk through those same doors, you are automatically assumed to be the better parent. It doesn't matter, you know, how horrible of a mother they are. The court looks at them and goes, oh, well, we have a single mom in our presence. Yeah. They, you know, let's just go I, ahead I, I and give her whatever she wants. I, I had to go. I didn't have to, but it was highly recommended by my attorney. Go through these parenting classes. Do, you know, I, I like I did everything possible to not. I, I tried to make there was no holes. You know what I mean? They couldn't find anything to say, and fifty-fifty, which it's yeah. just it's there's it's not it's not equal. You know what I mean? There's they all want equality until it. Uh, till it's time yeah they want equality till it's time to get equality then Mm -hmm. then they don't like it you know when they lose in court man they are on the top of building screaming about it um i I hope to see that (laughs) 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 well let me tell you let me ask you this cody how would if you could how would you change the family court system what would you do Uh, i would try to get some litigation out of it part of this bill and I, I didn't read the one that passed today it was the it was the fourth version of it the second version added more litigation into it which the first version took out so they kept it more between the parents more and kind of saved everybody a lot of money which for one it needs to happen you know nobody is in position to that takes away from the kids everything you spend on your attorneys on the evaluators it takes away from the kids yeah um they need to there has to be checks and balances somewhere because no matter how many um laws get passed like i say i was i'm I'm the vice chair of the community council pta the coaches the dance dad um i've done i'm the only one that's ever always insured my kids i've 100 percent financed them and this is not a joke i'm not an exact she has yet to buy my kids a winter coat you know what i mean so n- nobody gets held accountable when they take situations. I, I agree with a presumed 50-50, but when it's not equal and the dad should get the better end of it, nobody's held accountable when they don't. You know, the evaluator, something to do with the family court, they need to put some checks and balances in place and hold people accountable. They're making very, very important decisions. And there's, Right now, there's not. That's I, I spoke with a lot of the legislators and the senators, and um, that's my voice. That's what I've tried to tell them that they need. So, to so when you spoke with those legislature, when you spoke with them, what was? How did they handle it? What did they tell you? What was their reply? One of them, the ones in actually in my district, his reply to me was, "I feel like the family bar portion of our." group knows this better than anybody else so i'm just going to follow their lead which okay so the initial bill that was written took out a lot of the litigation the first revision that was rewritten by a different senator is he's also a family law attorney he put the litigation back in there well of course he did yeah and that's what controls our family courts is is the family law attorneys creating these laws. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. 
You know, whenever I, somebody I ask asks me, does that not at least in the minimum appear to be a conflict of interest? Oh, it's a huge conflict of interest. Not in their reasoning is no, because I practice so many different um, types of law that if I lost money in family law, I would pick it up somewhere else. See, and, and that's such bullshit. When I have people ask me how I would change family court, the very first thing that I say, and it's always going to be what I say, is take the money out of the out of the situation. You know, family court is built on the dollar. Yeah. You know, you take the dollar out of the equation, family court collapses because yeah. there are so many people that have their hand in that pie that get money for their shitty-ass decisions that you take it out of there, it's going to collapse in on itself. I, I would sit in a room and pay three different people all you know, for what that day? Man. But the, the money... That's unreal. The money there and the money in... I mean, if they're going to have a presumed 50-50, to me, they're presuming both parents are equally capable of taking care of their children. So why does one have to pay the other? Absolutely. You know... Right that, there. The, there's more, the money's deep in it. Oh, it's very deep. You know, I've and, talked to a couple parents, both mother and father, who they got divorced, you know, and they are able to co-parent. They're actually really good friends, which is a rarity to see, but I was talking to them about it. And um, they tried to avoid the court as much as they could. And it just got to the point where there was so much stuff that they had it, had to get involved in the court to get the divorce finalized and everything. And it switched over to um, custody and they went before the judge. They, you know, showed the judge their parenting plan. What do you think the first thing that judge said was? He goes, I don't see any child support down here. Well, your honor, we're not going to pay child support. You know, if we're going to have the kids in equal amount of time, you know, we're going to pay for the kids when we have them. He goes, well, you know what? I just can't sign off on this. There needs to be child support. <laughs> and the cocksucker would not sign off on that parenting plan because there was no child support. Because they don't get any of the money if we do it right. that way. Yeah. And that's, we, we did it as minimal as possible. We had a pretty similar deal. We, we, in our first agreement, I had to pay her no less than $135 a month, which, whatever. So our agreement was, I'll, I'll finance the kids 100%. I'll pay everything for them. You figure your shit out. Get on your feet. And we got along great. You know what I mean? We, when she could run amok doing whatever she wants, because my mom was home with the kids when she didn't decide to come home that night or whatever else, and she had a shoe subscription being delivered to the door every month, and I was 100% financing the kids, it was great. Oh, she was living the high life, man. Oh, yeah. She had it good. <laughs> she had it damn good. That was all good until you pulled the rug out from under her, and then yeah. she got pissed. Yep. And then she wanted money. Then she started wanting oh. the money. Man. But still doesn't want to have to pay for anything. Well, you know, and I see that more often than not as well. You know, somebody said earlier in the comments that dads are treated as walking ATMs. Yeah. And that is 110% the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Which well, you know, you know, what can you do though? That's that's exactly it. You know, that's why we're all doing this is to get this changed and to give fathers more equal footing. And then, like you know, because I the said, kids deserve that. 
I was even willing to be the 100% provider for my kids. I've never, when, when, you know, it made me laugh kind of, it was, I guess the highlight of my day at settlement when the mediator comes in and she says, and we were almost done, you know, we're eight hours later, all the dumb bullshit. And, Oh, she wants it to be put in the papers that she will not be responsible at all for any of your daughter's dance. I was just like, are you shitting me? Like, this is what we're really, really fighting over. Like, she doesn't want to have to pay for her own daughter. But wow. she wants to make damn sure she's here to get that money. You know, I'm just like, this, this is how petty this place ends up getting. Yeah. That's unreal. It doesn't surprise me, though. No. It does not surprise me. That just kind of seems to be the way everything is anymore. Yeah, but... I just, I want to, I, you know, I hope somehow there can be some attention brought to that. There just, there needs to be accountability for the people making these decisions. Cause oh, absolutely there does. You know, there's a lot of judges that are starting to face backlash, especially in California for, you know, the, the decisions that they make on the bench involving, you know, these kids, you know, the backlash is slowly building and it, it needs to keep building up. Yeah. And it's, like I said, Utah is starting to move in a decent direction. Um, but it, you could put a, a different, uh, you know, a hundred laws in place and until the people that get to make these decisions have some accountability to it, we're still going to be screwed, you know, unless they, yeah. for whatever reason, one day decide that the certain judges are all right, I think probably give dads a better. I think so. But. I think so. Well, Cody, we are getting ready to wrap it up here real soon. We're coming to the end. Um, you know, if you could tell any dads watching this that are going through similar situations, give them a little bit of advice if you could. Keep everything. Keep records of everything um, as much as you can. Have recordings, journal. I, I kept a lot of journal entries. Um, stay involved as much as possible. Like I say, I, I've always the community council is relatively new, but I've always been the coach. I've always been in the PTA and the secretaries of the school think it's crazy as hell when I show up down there. Cause I'm there as much as any mom is. And, but I think, I think that helped me a lot is just how much involvement everybody, I, all the, I had 14 that she wanted five um, character references. I had 14 of them and it was just every dance teachers the owner of the dance, everybody knew how involved I was um, and, and documented it for me to where there, there was no denying, you know, that I'm, I'm a damn good dad. I was involved from the start. I'd never not been involved in my kids' lives and they couldn't deny it. You know, I had a lot of proof of it. Yeah. Well, that's what you got to do, man. You got to document. Very, very important. Well, hey, brother, yeah, I want to thank you once again for, for coming on. And uh, stay in touch. I want to hear how this develops. You know, yeah, get you back I'm, I'm on gonna, here in two I'm years. Be following and along, yeah. See where it's at. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you again real soon. Have a great weekend. You too. All right, guys. So that was Cody Christensen, and that is going to bring episode one of season two to an end. I will be back tomorrow night at seven o'clock for episode number two of season two. All right, guys. You guys have a great weekend. If I don't see you tomorrow, take care and keep it real, guys. We'll talk to you again.
Thank you for joining us and listening to The Father's Truth. If you would like to be a guest or know someone with a story that needs to be heard, email Alan Donovan now at thefatherstruth at zohomail.com.